Hello and welcome to another episode of NCEA Podcast. This is Kevin Baxter, Chief Innovation Officer for NCEA. So happy to have you joining us today. Uh, and this is going to be a wonderful conversation with two of my most favorite people and two tremendous leaders uh, in Catholic education. Uh, we have Dan O'Connell and Kathy Almazal with us, and I'll let them both introduce themselves in just a second. We're going to be talking about um, leadership uh, and leadership that's uh, necessary right now, especially school site leadership and how we can prepare leaders um, for uh, their schools, especially in this coming year uh, with all the challenges that we face in Catholic schools. Uh, we also do want to make sure people know that we have a new Leaders Academy that NCA will be offering completely virtually. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about that at the end, but you can find out more information on that at ncea.org slash ncea-virtual. Um, and we're excited to be offering that for new principals uh, this coming year. So, um, Kathy Almazal, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Kevin. I'm really happy to, um, to be talking with you and Dan today. Uh, as you know, I'm the former superintendent of the Diocese of San Jose, but previous to that, I had two wonderful experiences as a principal long-term in a couple of wonderful schools. I also um, taught in the Catholic school system, and so I'm a, a, you know, a, a card-carrying Catholic school teacher, and I'm so proud of that. Wonderful. Thanks, Kathy. And uh, Dan O'Connell, Dr. Dan O'Connell. Yeah, hi, Kevin. It's great to uh, be with you here today and looking forward to the conversation. Uh, I'm currently the Deputy Superintendent of High Schools for the Archdiocese of Los Angeles, where I oversee a system of uh, 50 Catholic high schools serving three different counties and serving about 24,000 students. Uh, prior to working at the Archdiocese uh, in this role, I was working at the Department of Catholic Schools as the uh, Director of High School Curriculum and Leadership Development, and before that served as uh, the principal of Verbum Day High School, which is the Cristo Rey High School located in uh, South Central Los Angeles. Uh, so a pleasure to be here and talk about uh, my passion, which is leadership in Catholic schools. Great. Well, thank you both so much. Um, so our new Leaders Academy that uh, I mentioned at the beginning, Dan and Kathy have, uh, have graciously assisted us with a lot of the content for that, um, for that academy, for that course uh, that we are building out. And so uh, we're very grateful to them for, uh, for sharing their, their wisdom uh, and gifts with us. Um, and I also should obviously posit, I think most people have put together by now, uh, having been superintendent, I worked closely with Dan uh, in that role, and also Kathy and I served as superintendents at the same time in the great state of California, so uh, we have a history as well. Um, so Kathy, uh, we were talking about doing this. One of the things you brought up is, gosh, leadership right now, especially uh, with COVID, and uh, we've obviously got the uh, issues with um, systemic racism that, that schools are dealing with. The economy uh, is in a tough shape. Um, what are you thinking about in terms of school site leadership uh, for the coming year? Well, I, I have been thinking about the principals and the enormous responsibility placed on them to do all the things that leaders do in a school welcome the community, communicate fully and completely with the parents, make sure that the teachers are feeling supported and that they have, that they have a, um, a sense of that they're in a Catholic school even though they're somewhere remotely looking at their screen. 
Um, how, how will they pray with their children? How will they pray with the teachers and, and have the teachers understand we still have to do all of the things that Catholic school teachers and principals do so well. I think particularly the, uh, the pandemic is a worry because certainly if, uh, if the, a teacher gets sick or if a child gets sick uh, and they are in the classroom, that's going to be a, a really serious problem for the principal because all of the burden of responsibility is to fall on her shoulders. So making sure that they have clear expectations about safety and health and what it means to come to school if you have a fever, if you don't have a fever, following the guidelines of, the, um, of your county or your city or your diocese. It will all, all falls on the principal. So I think it's a very challenging time um, uh, because you're looking at your enrollment and you're looking at your teachers and principals need to be very, very cautious about making sure their teachers are feeling very supported and how will they do that? So I, I am thinking that this is, it could be a very exciting time to be in a, a, a leadership role, but also one, one filled with the uh, grave responsibility of making sure the entire community feels welcomed, safe, and ready to, um, ready to work. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, and, the, and the challenges, I, I loved you talked about communicating clearly to parents and, and really making sure teachers are supported. Dan, you're actually still in it. Kathy and I, I to me, I'm at the national level, so I'm not in the weeds, really. I, I see things kind of at a higher, you know, kind of 30,000 foot. And then Kathy is, uh, is, is uh, retired. But you're dealing with all of these challenges right now. So talk a little bit about what you've seen over the last three to four months and how you're thinking about the upcoming school year. Yeah, so generally speaking, you know, I think what COVID-19 has done uh, for schools and for society is really kind of uh, brought into focus and heightened those, those skills and, and dispositions that we've been looking for in leaders uh, uh, for the past several years, uh, but really accelerated the need and, and uh, heightened that need. And, and certain things like um, uh, being able to be responsive and entrepreneurial, um, you know, clearly when public health orders change, uh, you know, from day to day, week to week, uh, we need leaders who are able to, to, to change along with that and bring their school communities along with those changes. We need folks who uh, can problem solve collectively with their school communities um, because it seems like every day is a new challenge. Um, and these are, are things that we've been focused on in our leadership development for the past five years really, you know, talking about uh, the need for Catholic schools to be adapting to an ever-changing environment. And now that ever-changing environment is accelerated. Um, uh, there's been more change in the past five months than there has been, uh, uh, you know, over the past five years. Um, so uh, that specifically is, is, you know, leaders are really called to, to be flexible and responsive. Um, the other thing, too, is just, uh, you know, finances and, and planning are just uh, incredibly challenging uh, in this environment. Um, you know, trying to plan for the unknown really in, in many ways and having uh, a plan and a contingency plan and a contingency for the contingency plan. So um, again, that's related to that responsiveness and flexibility, but also the ability to, you know, uh, a, a, any leader, any good leader is always uh, 
taken their their community or their organization into the unknown, you know. But uh, today's unknown is uh, it can be even darker and scarier. So having that courage to 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 move forward with faith that uh, uh, all will be okay. So th those are obviously uh, some of the challenges. As a, in addition to the academic and distance learning and everything else that goes along with it, and some of which Kathy already mentioned. One of the other things that uh, you brought out so clearly, Dan, is that principals need to communicate with one another. So hopefully principals understand that they can pick up the phone or they can send a text or they can um, make, make some connection with somebody else in their community that's doing what they're doing so they do not feel alone. I think leadership can be very lonely and I can only imagine in these days how um, isolated uh, a new principal might feel uh, alone in their, um, in their uh, office doing Zoom presentations. Reaching out, speaking to somebody else is really helpful. Yeah, just to add to, to what Kathy shared there is actually what's interesting is the, the networking among principals and presidents in our schools and the collaboration um, has accelerated as well. Never before have I seen uh, you know, people coming together and sharing ideas and really have that sense of uh, we're all in this together uh, type of thing. We have, you know, at the high school level, uh, uh, principals are meeting regionally uh, on their own every couple of weeks just to come together and share what's going on, share best practices and ideas. And um, same at the elementary level, de deanery meetings are taking place weekly or biweekly just to have that sense of networking and community and collaboration uh, to get through the challenges. So there's a real sense of just leadership in general that's taking place across uh, our system uh, that's certainly needed. Um, and myself, I'm connected with some, you know, uh, networks across the country, and those are invaluable just to get a sense of uh, uh, how people are thinking about some of these challenges uh, in various parts of our country. So I'm glad you both brought up networking. Uh, it's a component of the New Leaders Academy that there'll be a professional learning network um, connected with it in addition to one-on-one -on -one coaching. Um, and that network idea really builds on some of the ideas and concepts you just shared is uh, we all feel alone. I have to say Catholic educators, no matter what role you're playing, often can feel alone in their jobs. And you can break it down to the kindergarten teacher who doesn't necessarily see another kindergarten teacher, Catholic kindergarten teacher all year long. So can we figure out ways to network them where they feel there's that level of support? And in some ways, I think, too, outside of your own area or diocese. So you're not you don't know them that well, or we know how competition sometimes happens within a diocese. But if you had a more national network, does that help to um, give you that that kind of sounding board to collaborate, problem solve, think through issues, um, and really share? And so that's part of the component of, of the New Leaders Academy that we think will, will be uh, really beneficial. Yeah, just to speak to that, you know, Kevin, I, I think about my my uh, first years as a principal and uh, within our archdiocese, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of competition uh, between schools among schools and, you know, a lack of desire to collaborate or as a new principal, I didn't know who exactly to reach out to. But I was uh, blessed to be uh, part of uh, some national networks, both the Cristo Rey Network, as well as the Jesuit Secondary Education Association uh, and I agree with you, there's something to being connected with principals who aren't uh, in your immediate area that uh, it, it's just uh, it's 
feel freer to be able to share some of the issues and challenges and be vulnerable, knowing that uh, that that person might not be to, uh, trying to take your students or you know that sort of thing. Um, and it, I think that without those two networks, you know, my first uh, couple of years as a principal would uh, would have been a whole lot more challenging um, because I would have been in on it in it alone. I think one of the things that has impacted the networking in a positive way is all the distance learning that uh, people were literally thrown into in March of this year and how well they responded to that. I mean, I think everybody's, everybody says, wow, the teachers did a fantastic job. It wasn't a perfect job, but it was a fantastic job of getting in there and moving. And I think because of that, they had to rely on one another through social media, through text messaging, through email. And that has only made them stronger in their resolve to connect with one another and even to connect outside of their own community. Because I, I know in our area, People have reached out. They're even talking to other um, other private schools, and in some cases in our county, um, uh, public schools, because of the overarching um, umbrella of uh, what the C what the county office of health is asking them to do. So, I think this is a really wonderful opportunity for people to begin to network more and more, and they are comfortable with technology and doing that. That's a that's a real plus for everybody. Yeah, I, I think what we've seen is we've come to realize how much easier it is to do this uh, virtually. You know, uh, the principals who are meeting uh, every other week can just hop on a Zoom for an hour, uh, you know, and that's easy to do and it's doable. And we've seen that it works. Whereas, uh, you know, six months ago, if we had a, a meeting like that, you know, principals would have to you know, drop what they're doing and get in the car and drive to, uh, you know, another school. And there's just a, a whole lot more involved for a one hour meeting. But uh, we've changed our, our way of thinking and see that real collaboration network can occur, uh, you know, over Zoom and, and, and virtually. And it's uh, very valuable. I saw that firsthand, Dan, you know, as um, uh, one of the things we were working on prior to COVID, even last fall, as we were developing these professional learning networks and trying to suggest to people we could have, uh, you know, hundreds of them theoretically across the country because we would invite these groups of people doing similar jobs in Catholic schools to network via Zoom for an hour uh, per month. And there, uh, people were excited about it, actually, overall. So there was excitement. But there were some who thought, Zoom, technology, do I really want to connect? And I think, obviously, post-COVID, uh, everyone's been thrown in the deep end of the pool. And, uh, and as they start to swim, they realize, wow, this is a great tool, and this is something that we can— we can connect with uh, people across the country um, and, and learn from each other and collaborate, which is wonderful. Kathy, you mentioned your, uh, your history in Catholic education. Um, and one question I had for you is, how has leadership changed or the role of the leader maybe in a Catholic school? How has that changed um, over time as you've seen it? You know, I think I th that's a really good question, Kevin, as always. Uh, uh, I think that leadership now means uh, less autonomy, in other words, less aloneness, less being in your classroom, in your school by yourself. I see over the years 
much more collaboration among principal leaders and among uh, curriculum leaders taking the reins and going back to their school and reaching out to their community. I've been really impressed with the number of surveys that schools have sent out to their parents saying, how did this work and what do you think? So I would say that when I started Lothos many years ago, I went to work every day and I would phone somebody if I had a problem. But I see today that email and text messaging and checking in with one another, that is a much more natural type of collaboration. And I think it's so healthy. I really think it's a, I really think it's a good thing. Notwithstanding that you still have to be the chief communicator, the chief spiritual leader of the school. You have to negotiate with the pastor. But we've seen pastors in our community making YouTube videos every week and posting them to stay connected to the community and people talking about it. Did you see Father so-and-so and did you see his dog? And I think that is a real step forward. And I think it is definitely changing the way we look at Catholic school leadership and that maybe the church is looking at how they do leadership, which uh, is, you know, only a plus. That's great. Dan, um, you mentioned some of the skills and dispositions that you think um, leaders need to have. And one of the ones you mentioned was uh, being entrepreneurial, which is a, which is a new word, I think, uh, relatively speaking. I know we talked about it a lot in L.A., but but talk about what that means to you and why that's an important trait for Catholic school principals to possess? Now, that's a great question. Uh, hopefully it's not a word I just throw out without uh, knowing truly what it means. But I, I think fundamentally in Catholic schools, it's grounded in mission. And it comes down to the way I use it is, is really doing whatever it takes to, to accomplish the mission. Um, and so being able to um, think outside of the box um, you know, think, and that term's uh, thrown around way too loosely, you know, but um, just being able to look at a challenge and, and saying, what are we going to do to overcome this? Let's bring to, bring us together as uh, uh, intelligent people and, and do what it takes to overcome it. Um, so just that idea of where it's not business as usual. Um, you think about all the entrepreneurs in the tech industry, you know, um, uh, kind of disrupting uh, the way things are. I think we need leaders in Catholic education uh, disrupting the status quo, uh, being agents of change. Um, because the reality is that society and, 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 and the world around us is changing. So if we're not disrupting the status quo of our school communities in order to uh, change with the changing uh, society, uh, then we're gonna be obsolete. Um, and, and so fundamentally, I think entrepreneurial just means that, that uh, willingness to disrupt the status quo and, and, and be a, a problem solver and, and, and solution focused. We have a couple of schools that have created task forces with members, not just of the school community, but of the community in which the school resides. And they are meeting to talk about how can the community help the school and what does the school need? And so I think that is definitely entrepreneurial and, and reaches out and brings the mission of Catholic education to the business leaders in that community that perhaps knew it was there, but had never been brought in to have those conversations. And that all came from the principal leader who felt that that was the right way to do it at this moment. So I agree with you uh, completely, Dan. Kathy, I was going to come to you on that too, thinking, um, obviously knowing a lot of your uh, 
history when you were superintendent, you brought the Drexel Initiative uh, to schools that involved governance change with pastors. I know you implemented a, a diocesan-wide uh, school information system. Um, some big things that you wanted to get done within the diocese. And, and my question really is, how does a principal think about that today, or even a superintendent, in terms of doing big things um, when, when it's challenging times? Oh, wow. That, that is completely true. I've given a lot of thought to that myself because I was so fortunate to be able to think big and have partners around me who were saying, yeah, this is a good thing to do. This is the right thing to do. And a bishop who totally supported that idea of, well, let's find out. Let's find out what we need to do. But how, how does that work in a time when rules and regulations are becoming so specific about students in school and then how do we manage the, um, the, uh, the online piece when some of our schools don't have the equipment? So what I think is really important is that we never lose sight of the fact that the church, the Catholic, Catholic church is countercultural. We're supposed to be looking out for those who, who are the most vulnerable. We are supposed to be uh, focused on the, the mission of Jesus Christ and what he brought to us in our faith life. And then we have to be bold and say, this is what we're going to do. And here's what we're going to do in two years. Don't go for that five-year plan. Say, where are we going to be in two years? In two years, can we be here? In two years, can we be connected even more? And not write off what you're doing now, but sticking with what you have to do now, but not forgetting to dream big and read and read about what's going on in education, not just here, but I think um, I think uh, Australia has some really good things to offer as well as New Zealand. And even those communities are very different to the United States. They're offering us models of what we can go and look at and say, I wonder if I could do that. I wonder if I'm capable of doing that. So I think visionary leaders um, are extremely important. And you do need to have that that you do need to have that person with the details, you, absolutely. But leadership has to have a visionary component to it, or I'm afraid that it will will lose these children who now know my five-year-old granddaughter and my seven-year-old grandson who have been on their devices since March doing very well in every area. Those are the leaders that are coming up. We've got to be ready for them. And one one thing to add to that too is you know this idea of uh, you know get, getting change done or change initiatives done in a during a setting like now and and I think about the idea of you know don't waste a good crisis. Um, I, I think that a part of leadership is is trying to change people's minds or getting people on board with new ideas and bringing them along, and as I said, disrupting that status quo. But if the status quo has been disrupted already by external forces then uh, part of that work's already been done. Now, now it's a, you're able to actually make the changes faster and easier. I know of a, a school principal who's been, you know, trying to, you know, push for the past four years on, on doing a, a schedule change that he believes is better for, for teaching and learning. And, uh, you know, wasn't able to get people on board with it. Now, suddenly this year, they're making that change because he was able to, uh, you know, leverage and take a, take advantage of the opportunity that, that was there. So I, I think that this is opportunity as well. There's certainly challenges for us, but opportunity 
for us to rethink and reimagine, you know, what Catholic schools uh, can be and should be. Um, in a message I sent out to uh, principals last week, I, I said, you know, I think we need to be asking ourselves is, what, what is God doing here? You know, what, what uh, how, how are we individually as people going to be different after this is all over? And how are Catholic schools going to be different and better? Um, so I think that this is truly an opportunity. I firmly believe that Catholic schools um, across this United States can lead this change if they are if they are willing to be bold enough to do it, because Catholic education has always been education that people have looked to, to say, well, the Catholic school does it. He went to Catholic school, you know, how Fauci, Dr. Fauci, he went to Catholic school in Brookline. So how can the Catholic schools leverage that? And how can NCEA support that visionary leader? What types of things can we add to the, not just the leadership academy things that are coming up, but just to NCEA being being the visionary leader for Catholic education in the United States, such a powerful tool. So I, I agree with you, Dan. I think this is the moment. It is the moment because it, it's got to change. I think you're uh, you're both right, um, and hopefully people understand like why I like talking to both of you so much because you're speaking, you're preaching to the choir here. Uh, but I would just say t- I, I, you're absolutely right. And I think also that whole opportunity uh, piece that um, it's obviously such a tragic time and, and COVID is so devastating for so many families. And that's where our prayers and uh, thoughts need to be. But I keep saying the same thing. How can we be better at on the other side of this? How can we improve how we connect people, how we um, how we teach the faith, how we uh, teach kids uh, to high academic standards. What are we learning from this process to actually improve um, over time? And I think that's the question we have to continually ask ourselves uh, instead of lamenting the fact that we have um, you know challenges in front of us. Dan, I wanted to come to you. Uh, Kathy mentioned especially um, the most vulnerable. I know, uh, again, I know your history and um, know your, your great work at, at Bourbon Bay High School in South Central. Um, obviously, we've had the, the murder of George Floyd has set off a conversation in this country around um, systemic racism and, and where we stand uh, with those issues. Um, speak a little bit about your experience at Bourbon Day, and I guess what I really want to ask you too is, in terms of the challenges, how are the how is how are the challenges of today really impacting the low-income schools, the urban inner-city schools, the rural schools, those that really do have limited uh, means, and um, and how are you seeing those impacts uh, in LA? Yeah, and certainly my work at, uh, you know, Verbum Day um, and just my, my belief in, in equity and education, you know, when we first uh, were having conversations about the possibility of closing our schools back in uh, in March, that was the first thing on my mind, you know, and, and you just saw this kind of split in our archdiocese and in society. It was more affluent uh, uh, school communities and parents asking, hey, close down the schools, close them. And it was the uh, uh, lower SES communities that, uh, you know, were saying keep them open because our, our schools are such a needed uh, part of the community um, and society uh, for the, those folks. Um, so this is always uh, on my mind. And, and, you know, we've done a lot in assessing uh, our school communities to see uh, uh, which students don't have internet access at home or devices. And we've done great working with philanthropy in order to get those uh, to those uh, most in need to ensure access. 
Um, but as we continue um, this, uh, you know, distance learning here in California and not returning to school in person, you know, it's going to continue to have a greater impact on uh, communities um, uh, on the margins. Um, you know, I just think of, you know, more affluent communities, parents are get hiring, you know, individual tutors to work with pods of students because they have the uh, 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 the resources in order to do that. Whereas, uh, you know, students in the uh, inner city don't have that, those chances. I was just talking with the current principal of Verbum Day actually, and talking about how we might uh, be able to have some sort of day camp, if you will, or, or you know, school age daycare on their campus, because, you know, there's some students who, um, you know, might have internet access at home, but they, they share it with, uh, you know, four or five siblings or, you know, various people and, or, you know, six people in a one bedroom apartment just don't have a place to, to do college prep work. You know, those are the challenges we face. So we're constantly seeking how to, uh, you know, meet the needs of our most vulnerable. And, and it is extremely challenging. Um, you know, just, just as COVID-19 is, um, you know, hitting uh, those people the hardest, you know, so also it's the economic and educational impact is also uh, hitting them the hardest. So uh, we're working hard to try to address that. Um, and then as far as the kind of national reckoning on, on racism that's occurring in our country, um, this is another opportunity actually, I think for our Catholic schools. Uh, there's a national reckoning in our Catholic schools too, as uh, many alumni and uh, young alumni and others are, are, are calling out our, our schools and our school communities you know, and bringing up issues of racism and bias and discrimination that they faced while in our Catholic schools. And so as a uh, high school community, at least, we're going to be doing a book study and, and start engaging in that important conversation, because I think, again, this is an opportunity for us to take a critical look at ourselves. Um, we, we want to be loving uh, faith-based communities, um, but we, want, we need to make sure that all uh, all of our students, even the most vulnerable, are, are heard and, and being seen. Absolutely. Amen to that, Dan. That's great. Uh, thanks. We are approaching the end of our time, so I'm going to finish with kind of a, a big picture question um, in terms of, of leadership. And, and we often hear this contrast between leadership and management. And we can also think about it in terms of vision and process, right? How you get things done, um, kind of the day-to-day -day work versus the vision, strategic, uh, strategic visioning piece. Kathy, how do you view those two um, in terms of principles today and how they need to be maybe, I don't even want to say dividing their times, but how should they think about those two different aspects of, uh, of their administration at a Catholic school? Well, quite frankly, th those two questions, uh, those two pieces are the are the most difficult, I think, to balance because because you want to be the visionary, you want to be the leader, you want to be the cheerleader, the morale booster for for the teachers, and of course, then for the children and the parents. But you also have a responsibility, a grave responsibility to the process and the business aspect of the school. And so I think that many schools are looking at models where there is help for that. There is a support mechanism coming into place for elementary schools where there is somebody to help do that business process part. It may be the principal is very good at that and then somebody else on the staff, another leader on the staff 
becomes the cheerleader. But certainly we have to look at saying one person cannot be responsible for doing all of it all the time. And I see that happening here with strong uh, business people coming into the schools to be helpful with the process end of it. Not losing the leadership end and certainly not losing the mission and the message of Catholicity within the school. So I think this is this is a, a growing piece in our development of leaders, and we ought to listen to the ones who are doing it well and build on that. Dan, I'll uh, come to you with the same question and um, and maybe frame it in this way. I, I sometimes feel like the leadership piece, the vision piece, is the glamour side. That's where people like to think about uh, in terms of leadership, and yet. The management process side is how you really get things done. So how do you, th again, th I think both are obviously very, very important, but how are you thinking about that in terms of uh, new principles? Yeah, I, I think it's, I just come from it with a, a both and perspective. Um, and, um, you know, you need it. it you could have, if you're just focused on, on management, you could have like the most smooth running uh, operation uh, around, but it's not going anywhere. Um, and, and same with the a flip side. If you have a truly visionary leader who's not focused on the day to day, um, you know, I think about that old saying that if you think you're leading and nobody's following you and you're just going out for a walk, you know, then that's what you have. You have this, you know, person who's kind of living in the clouds and, and other things start falling apart the school. I think as we approach this new leaders academy, it's really a both and. You need to have that vision and starting with the why and bringing people on board. But you also have to be managing the day-to-day -day operations of the school. And I agree with Kathy. If you know you can divide and, and conquer even better, and a true leader knows, you know their strengths and weaknesses and puts people in, uh, in the right places to uh, kind of shore up some of the deficiencies. Um, but you know, in smaller schools, you don't you don't have that um, option. So sometimes a principal does have to have to do both. Um, so I, I believe in, you know, keeping a, a firm foot on the ground while also keeping, you know, a, 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 your eyes on the horizon and, and seeing where you can go. Um, so it's, it's, you know, it's a both and for me. Yeah. Well, the time has gone quickly as I knew it would. Um, I just want to thank uh, you, Dan and Kathy, for uh, for obviously being on the podcast, for your assistance uh, with the New Leaders Academy, and just for your tremendous leadership over the years uh, in Catholic schools. It's been a it's been great having you on the show. So thank you both. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. It's been a pleasure. Great. This is uh, Kevin Baxter. I just also want to remind you that we do have the New Leaders Academy uh, that will uh, offer five synchronous sessions over the course of this coming school year. Each session will be followed up by a professional learning network where you get to dialogue and collaborate with other uh, school leaders. Um, uh, leading their schools uh, in a new way. And then also that follows up with a one-on-one -on -one coaching session, an individual one-on-one -on -one coaching session. We're extremely excited about this opportunity to deliver this virtually so we can have people from across the country benefit from this uh, new leadership uh, training. And you can find more information at ncea.org slash ncea virtual. Uh, thanks again for joining us. Uh, this is Kevin Baxter, Chief Innovation Officer for NCEA, and we'll see you next time on NCEA Podcast.